Welcome, everyone, to the Cub Cookers Supernatural live stream podcast. Yes, done live twice a day, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Hope everybody's having a beautiful, beautiful day as we head into the weekend. Today, I'm going to talk about the yoga of Jesus. We are literally going to talk about the connections between Jesus and Vedic sciences. Uh, the ancient metaphysical understandings. What was he saying? What was he talking about? We're going to remove him from a religious context and connotation today uh, with no expectations. We're going to look purely at the words that he spoke according to the biblical canon. And then we're going to look into some Vedic sciences and uh, ancient metaphysical teachings to try and understand what is actually going on here. Uh, have we had the wool pulled over our eyes for far too long? Is there something else going on here? And I think ultimately the answer for me is, yeah, absolutely there is. Um, I think that Jesus is a character that has, um, you know, essentially uh, been adopted into uh, popular modern theology for the past 2,000 years and made into a character of salvation rather than, um, what he came to do, which is enlighten people and ultimately bring a beautiful transcendent message um, and ultimately crush doctrine and dogma. Yet we've just reworked him into the fabric of our doctrine and dogma so beautifully that we can't even tell the difference. And I say that coming from those traditions, very specifically myself. Like I, I totally understand. I grew up uh, evangelical Christian my whole life and ultimately have ended up in a place where I'm like, okay, uh, something, again, something is going on um, with Jesus that I was not aware of um, when I was, you know, studying this and growing up and trying to understand who I am as a young man, and I'm organizing all my tabs over here. So, um, okay, so first off is we are going to read some from the Bhagavad Gita. Um and uh, understand the difference between Lord and God, by the way. And by the way, whenever it's the term God is used in any text, it does not mean source. It does not mean uh, that pure, loving source energy. Um, it oftentimes, more often than not, even in the biblical canon, is talking about a manifest God out of that energy, something that is using that energy to manifest itself within a certain plane of existence and receive alms or love or control or a people or whatever. Just like we are manifest, gods are manifest too. And uh, according to all the ancient scriptures, by the way, that's not even my opinion. That's just all you have to do is open a book and read to understand this. Um, and you have to open more than just the Bible. And so... Um, for me, that's really where a lot of my enlightenment has come from is reading all of these different texts and going, wait a minute, there's a common theme here with everything that we can actually look at. So as someone who practices yoga and meditation, I absolutely love it. And, uh, it's actually helped me and enlightened me on the message of Jesus a whole lot deeper than, um, I was able to understand it when I was a practicing Christian. By the way, I'm deconstructed. I don't claim any religion or tradition. Um, at this point, I am more of a Gnostic, yogic, um, Eastern mystic type guy. Um, so our community is not built on any religious fundamentalism whatsoever. Um, we're completely open-minded, completely open heart. Um, and we understand that truth is within, uh, truth is not this thing that's written down on a page in perfect words and um, been translated and retranslated and used for manipulation for thousands of years. No, it is the thing that we find when we go within ourselves um, and we sit in a place of repose and non-judgment and actually practice the things that the masters said, So, uh, including Jesus himself. So, uh, Mike says, meditation is a healing tool if anyone is wondering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike says, uh, nice. I've never thought of that. Yeah. And, and most people don't even think about Jesus being a yogi, like the yoga of Jesus. And so, I mean, the point of today's episode is to come to the conclusion. Yeah, obviously he was. Um, if you know, you know, 
if you don't know, you don't know. And I, and I understand that. But hopefully today you'll know. And hopefully what I'm going to share today will like really open up your mind about what that is. And there's a, there's a few concepts within yoga I want to talk about. And then we're going to read some of the uh, messages of Jesus directly out of the Bible. So um, truth that travels says truth is different for all of us. When we are ready for the whole truth, it will be revealed. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, the whole truth is not something that you end up going to people and going, you're wrong. You don't know the truth. You need to know. It's just like Jesus did. He told parables and, and things to get people to come to their own understanding. Absolutely. Quantum Christ, Gospel of Thomas. I'm not even going to read from Gospel of Thomas today because that's a whole nother lesson on its own. Today, I, I merely am going to read from the Bhagavad Gita, sacred text for Hinduism, and the Holy Bible, sacred text for Christianity. And I'm going to look at the comparisons and uh, how starkly similar the message of Jesus is to the message of Lord Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And then we're going to go from there. So um, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to buy into what I'm talking about. But I think ultimately this message will be very enlightening if someone is kind of on that fence or deconstructing or has deconstructed and they're just looking for more of an authentic experience of who these spiritual masters were specifically jesus in this one uh because i do consider myself a devotee of jesus though it's it's increasingly difficult because of the stigma around him um and all of the strong opinions on he was this or he was nothing or you know he if you don't believe this then you're going to he double toothpick and um, and that's just not what he preached. That's not what he taught. Unfortunately, all of that doctrine and dogma come out of other people's opinions about who Jesus was. Um, and the things that he said about himself challenge everything that we think we know within our religious constructs today. Because if you actually look at his words, they don't really agree with what's being taught from pulpits, from the temples, from uh, the construct. And I mean that in all love and light. I don't care what tradition you practice, who you're married to, where you do or don't go to church, the color of your skin, your tradition. I don't care. As long as you're here in love and light, that's all we care about here. Um, and so I, I look at everything from faith, spirituality, and a paranormal lens. Um, so it's it's my goal to try to understand what uh, extraterrestrials and UFOs have to do with ancient uh, metaphysical sciences. What do they have to do with the message of Jesus? What do they have to do with the Bible? What do they have to do with culture and society as a whole? What do they have to do with breaking free from the matrix? How does all of this stuff work together? And ultimately, that's what I'm here for. Every single day, decoding it one little piece at a time um, and with just an authentic exploration of that. Annie Logan says, love you, brother. Love you too, Annie. Thank you for being here. Jason, what's up, my brother? How are you doing? Um, Mike says more people are being aware of this and it is so awesome. Absolutely. My friend, um, let's see, da, 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 da. uh, Kelly says Hinduism was started after Jesus taught the people of, of that land. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably as like an actual official, but you have to understand these Vedic texts and sciences were taught for thousands of years before the time of Jesus. Like he was reminding people of some really ancient ways, not, um, and actually bringing something new to that area, um, but just really reminding people of, of the way to do things, ultimately. Um, and so if you go look into all of this, you know, all of our religious traditions are fairly modern, but the ancient methods and practices, specifically the metaphysical ones, um, may not have had a name for so much uh, as the actual practices of them. So uh, really, really interesting. So... Uh, double toothpick, John says, uh, that's engraved in my soul. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all the planets dog lover says, absolutely. So, uh, it's a war of the worlds. That's right. Um, we don't battle against flesh and blood, right? Like this is all powers and principalities, uh, celestial bodies, all the spiritual energies within them. We talked yesterday about demons, not as these, you know, little horned creatures, but they're just literally energies that block chakras. They are energies that block your third eye. They're energies that block your love. Um, anything that you let in that causes you to lower that vibration is considered a demonic entity um, or energy. Uh, because we have to remember that the only thing that's real is love, right? And the only thing that's real is energies. Everything else is a vibrational of uh, vibrational frequency of an energy to give us the illusion of matter and what matters, right? 
Uh, yeah, by the way, uh, Prince Infinite, I actually started Autobiography of a Yogi yesterday. Um, and I'm doing the audiobook. I'm about a chapter and a half in right now. So really, really loving it. Uh, Yogananda is really, really rad. And I'm looking forward to, to getting through that. And I'll redo this episode, of course, once I get through that book. But I just, it was on my heart today to talk about this because I think Jesus gets this stigma. If you even mention him, immediately people go to a religious place. And as we get into this Easter season, honestly, I want to talk about, you know, if you take out the whole narrative, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, the what's left. And guys, there's a whole heck of a lot left. Okay. So people argue back and forth that happened. It didn't happen. It happened in this timeline. It didn't happen. Guys, it's to me, it's the message, okay? And if he did go to the cross and he was unalive, for me, it was so that the evil gods of this world would be satisfied and leave us alone and allow us to actually ascend, uh, not the narrative of that the wrath of his father was supposed to be poured out on us, and then he stopped that and took it upon him. That doesn't make sense with a loving father whatsoever. That theology is not present within any other text. Um, if you read the Sumerian texts and you read the uh, Gnostic texts and all the things we've been reading here, you start to understand that there's like that God, as we see him, is not really a good entity. Source is, supreme being is. There's a much different understanding. When Jesus was like, my father, my father, People assumed that the father he was talking about is the father they had been worshiping out of Egypt, the god, the self-proposed god of the flesh, by the way. Um, but no, 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 no. Uh, he was talking about something much different, in my humble opinion. So um, one of the first quotes of him uh, in John 4, 24, it says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Um, now remember, they were worshiping entities that they knew their prophets had stood before they had gone up with they had been taken um those are more extraterrestrial definitions way more than what jesus is talking about jesus is talking about this spiritual entity so uh larry says i'm constantly reading and rereading man's eternal quest by yogananda 40 plus years i love jesus more than ever yeah awesome man that is that is fantastic and so yoga and Jesus go super hand in hand, guys. I get told that this is heretical, that this is um, doctrine of demons. I got that yesterday all day. Um, and guys, come on. I'm just here to love on people. And like, seriously, like, what is the message of Jesus? It's love, right? Like, it's love. And we, we, we try to paint that this happened or that happened. And again, if you take any of the other narrative out of it, even the Easter narrative, and I'm not saying that's not important. If it is for you, I love that. I respect that. But again, for me, I'm more at this point in my life focused on what the heck was he talking about? How do I live that life like he was talking about? Um, and ultimately, we see that in the Bhagavad Gita. We see those pathways that he's talking about or that middle path or that narrow path. Um, and it's a very, very interesting um, path if we actually have the uh, gall to follow it. So uh, path of surrender is the ultimate path to God. Here once again, my most secret supreme word. You are dear to me. Therefore, I shall tell this for your benefit. Fix your mind on me. Be devoted to me. Offer service to me. Bow down to me and you shall certainly reach me. I promise you because you are my very dear friend, setting aside all meritous deeds, just surrender completely to my will with firm faith and loving contemplation. I shall liberate you from all sins, the bonds of karma. Do not grieve. What does that sound like? By the way, that's not Jesus. That's Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And then you have many quotes from Jesus, very similar to that, very similar to that. So if you love me, you will keep my commandments in John 14, 15. John uh, 10, 30, I and the Father are one. And uh, we're going to see that too. And there's, uh, by the way, the whole Bhagavad Gita is beautiful um, and totally worth reading, by the way, if you have not read it um, Please, please consider reading it. 
uh, especially if you're a spiritual seeker. I'm not trying to convert anyone to any religion here, but the Bhagavad Gita, the Dhammapadas, the Upanishads, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, uh, the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, all of these texts are beautifully interwoven together, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, the Bhagavad Gita goes through different types of resolve. It goes through types of intellect, the agent of the self, um, the types of knowledge. Um, it literally explains all the things that we have questions on, like, why does this happen? Or how does this work? You know, it's, it's all there in this beautiful, very simple system of understanding that we just don't really get from other places, in my opinion. Um, it talks about the types of charity, austerity, um, the types of food to eat, types of faith. Um, it says, O Arjun, the faith of each is in accordance with one's own natural disposition, governed by karmic impressions. One is known by one's faith. One can become whatever one wants to be if one const constantly contemplates on the object of desire with faith. Persons in the mode of goodness worship celestial controllers or devas. Those in the mode of passion worship supernatural rulers and demons. Hmm. And those in the middle of ignorance worship ghosts and spirits. Um, and if you understand, you know, ghosts and spirits are such a, a wisp or a memory even of what was. Um, and as you move into the mode of passion, you have supernatural rulers and demons, these energies, these intelligent energies. As you get into the mode of good, you're worshiping the devas, which are the manifested um, goodness of God. They are um, these, these more uh, tangible type gods, if you will. Um, and, and you get into that and there's so many different ones, um, but you have to understand like, again, they're manifestations of that source and we may project on that manifestation what we need it to be at the time. And even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is not offended to be manifest as whatever he need be manifest as. Um, and that's really, really interesting, especially to our understanding of, uh, you have a, a God within the Old Testament that says, no other gods before me. You will worship me and me alone. Like you had this kind of like uh, slave type contract with him rather than um, this kind of fruitful, free flowing relationship with the divine. Uh, wisp and distant memory. Wow, didn't expect that from you. Uh, unrelating to, unrelenting Tempest says, um, so yeah, but I mean, that's, uh, it really just, it makes so much more sense when you lay it out like that. Um, and you know, by the way, it's hard to even find a Bible tool that has all of the sayings of Jesus. Um, and that's just because there's not that many within the biblical canon. Um, there's a lot of other people's opinion and narrative around it. Um, and so that's why I like, um, kind of doing these comparison videos. So. In John 1, 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Interesting. Think about that. Like, what does that even mean? Um, and so I'm going to jump over here to Bible Hub, and we're going to look at it. because I like to deconstruct all of this so that I actually understand the essence of it rather than the literal interpretation. It says, no one has ever seen God, Theon, which comes from Strong's 2316, which means a deity, especially the supreme divinity, or in the Hindu, the supreme being. Um, but the one and only Son, only begotten, unique, monos, only born, who himself... God, and that's interesting, a deity, especially the supreme divinity, um, and is at the fathers, and in this term it says fathers, which is patros, comes from Strong's 3962, father, heavenly father, ancestor, elder, senior, side, who has made him known to lead, show the way, to show the way. So, that's really interesting. And then Jesus often refers to himself as the Son of Man. And if you look up Son of Man, what does it mean? It means humanity.
and that's really interesting too. So um, I've always said, you know, if Jesus said it about himself, then we could say it about ourselves at some point. So uh, I can see Jesus in my mind's eye. Diana says that is awesome. And and by the way, you know, there's a lot, as I'm reading through Yogananda's um, autobiography, uh, they're talking about seeing the apparitions and, and kind of the manifestations of their gurus. And you hold that in your mind because that's your doorway, right? Your guru is your door. And Jesus said, you know, I am, I am the door He's, or something like that, you know. Um, and so just trying to understand all of these similarities is very, very interesting. He said, if thine eye be single, the whole body is full of light. That's all about the third eye, guys. People argue with me all the time. No, 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 that means unity in the church. You can mean whatever you want it to mean, but he's literally talking about third eye practice exactly uh, like the Vedic texts talk about, exactly like the Bhagavad Gita talks about. Um, And it just doesn't make sense if you try to take that mystic quality out of it. We lose the very power of the message of Jesus if you take the mysticism out of it. He was an Eastern mystic, guys. Come on. Um, I mean, I've been saying that forever, and and I mean that in the most love. It's like we have, I think we've just discredited him hugely by saying, you know, he's just a messiah or whatever. He just came to die so that we can all be saved. Um, and I mean, if that's part of it, great. But aside from that, he is an ascended master, a yogi, a powerful entity that is not of this realm, who came to show us the way, remind us who we are, teach us exactly how to ascend and it's wild so uh third eye what's it say about it so um let me look this up uh thine i be single so uh the verse is let's see if you know by the way you if you search for this guys uh the internet does not give you the stuff I'm giving you. Uh, these connections are not made on Google. Um, I I make them because I know, okay? When you know, you know. And you have to get to a place of knowing because you cannot go and prove to yourself using Google. Because if you even look up uh, sayings of Jesus from the Vedic text, you get all of these efforts, like thousands of search results trying to prove that Jesus was predicted in the Vedic text. It's all like, instead of like understanding where his message came from, it's no, 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 no. He was predicted and all these other texts predict him, which by the way, I believe they do uh, because I believe he was like the fullness of the realization of the God man. But I believe he woke up and realized he was God and just like anyone can. So, um, so um, in Matthew six twenty two, it says uh, the light of the, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. So if you think about this um, in terms of third eye, it's uniting your vision. It's not having a dualistic vision. It's seeing everything as one. How do we do that? We open our third eye. What is our third eye? Well, the popular thing now is it's the pineal gland. Um, you hear about Jacob wrestling with the angel of Yahweh when he uh, conquers that. He's able to see the angels going up and down on the ladder. He says, I will call this place pineal. Um, like it's all connected. And if you just look at the Bible stories esoterically, they work perfectly. If you believe they happen literally, they work perfectly. That's fine. But I'm just saying it's all there. And so the whole idea of opening your third eye, you don't have to go and find substances or anything for that. You can do it through yoga and meditation, like through natural means. Um, and I mean natural, natural, not like plant medicines, but which that can do it too. But I'm talking about like naturally, naturally, like sitting in repose, stop seeing things dualistically, start seeing God in everything. If you can't see God in um, a deer, in a frog, in a dog, in um, your worst enemy, like, you know, you, you have to... Um, you have to see God in everything. And we see that message in, in Jesus's message too. So, um, I have met the soul. Ram Dass speaks of merger with the soul. How do I transition visiting to joining? Very, very good question, my friend. You know, Ram Dass, whew, he gets it. Um, one of these days, maybe I'll have that deep of an understanding. Um, and I love Ram Dass. Um, 
one of the things about like joining the soul is the death of the ego, right? Like we are stuck in so much ego. Uh, everything we do is ego based. Even the most enlightened people I know still have a big ego. Um, I have a big ego and trying to step through that ego into a place of complete agreement with the divine, complete agreement. Even as I pray, I still have an ego that, uh, some reason wants to make me smaller than this God. Some reason that wants to not fully agree that I'm fully a part of that super soul, that I can actually sit there in truth and say, I am God and not be blaspheming. That is literally my ego telling me, no, you're a little, mm, you're a worm in a bucket. Get in line, be put in your place. I've literally had people in my life say that. No, 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 we have to stay in our place. No, 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 God loves us, but we have to stay in our place. He never said that. By the way, the source being doesn't speak a whole lot. He speaks through the ascended masters. The prophets prophesy of judgment. They prophesy of hard times. They prophesy of different things for different entities. And we've seen that all through different texts. But the ascended masters have one message. It's you are God. You are one. Truth is one. We are all a part of the super soul. Our ultimate abode is the supreme abode. God, as you call it, is the supreme being. He is nameless, faceless, formless, timeless, everything that we can't understand. And yet we still try to understand. We say, well, he did this in the Old Testament, or he did this um, in this Bible text, or he did this in this tradition. And it, it and guys, again, what does that matter in the light of the message of Jesus, the actual message of Jesus? Because if, if you look at his actual message, it's a whole nother ball game, y'all, a whole nother ball game. And that's what, I've, I mean, I've got to remind myself because, it, again, so much ego that I'm like, I've got to, I've got to somehow step out of my ego so I can get into a place. But even thinking that is still ego, even thinking that. So how do you actually join that super soul um, while you're here? Well, the yogis knew how. The ascended masters knew how. Um, Jesus lived a life of renunciation, according to the uh, Bhagavad Gita. He practiced bhakti yoga. He taught how to ascend through love and devotion. Um Holy Spirit, love the Holy Spirit, by the way, uh, very similar to the Hindu prana, um, very similar um, to the Old Testament spirit of God, but not the same as we see. Um, and so that Holy Spirit is kind of like that visceral reaction that we have. It's kind of the connection of spirit to body, the way I see it. It's that energy that we can feel running through our body. That's what it is for me, at least. So, um, Humans have a third eye. No religion needed whatsoever, Thelma says. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. Um, and that's why, um, ultimately, I really I love this message because Jesus did not bring a religion. He didn't start a religion. He didn't want to. He wanted to create people that were completely deconstructed from the construct followed that middle path of the self into the divine light within, um, ultimately teaching yoga all along the way. Um, and by the way, when people say, no, he didn't teach yoga. No, he didn't put on pink hot pants and go into a sweaty hot yoga studio with hip hop music. Absolutely not. That's the BS we've come up with here in the, in the U S. Um, and by BS, I mean, belief systems. Um, uh, we have this whole Westernized tradition around yoga that somehow it's a bunch of heavy music and, you know, moving and everything. And I practice uh, a freeform yoga where it's all about expression. Um, and that's also what I teach. Um, and that expression is something that just kind of comes through that spirit moving you. And as you practice it, you can imagine and visualize the energies. You can feel them. Some people can even start to see them as you practice more and you open your third eye. Um, and ultimately, again, Jesus was teaching to wield all of these energies um, spiritual source and father, mother, new covenant, new covenant, God, most high spirit and truth, Christ, the mind of Christ, the body of Christ, the transfiguration, the spirit, the Holy spirit being caught up to Christ in spirit, the kingdom within, if thine eye be single compassion, not sacrifice 
and the Melchizedek priesthood. The magic, guys, that's where the magic is. And it's like he ties into all of these beautiful cultures and things uh, with a timeless message if we're willing to see it. Um, so let's see. Yoga is not just Hinduism, by the way. Randy said yoga is Hinduism. Yoga is actually ancient, ancient, and it's timeless and it's religionless. Uh, the yogic and metaph metaphysic practices go date back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, and they're absolutely beautiful. They're timeless. They're religionless. Now, there's lots of traditions and religions built around them, for sure. Absolutely. Just like uh, if you say Jesus is Christian, well, no, he's not. He's timeless. He was a rebel, and he didn't. He wouldn't even claim the modern church today. Um, I think we can all agree with that, right? Especially if you're here on this channel. I don't mean that rudely at all. I just mean you really think he would be welcomed if he walked into any church in America today. Uh, no, he would not be. Um, he'd be told, no, you're new age. Uh, no, you can't do that here. That's uh, witchcraft. Uh, no, 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 none of that. Don't, don't be doing that yoga in the corner. Um, well, did you give enough today? Oh, you didn't sing the right hymn, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they wouldn't even recognize him. So, um, anyway, so yeah. Okay. So Randy says, Jesus is the second part of the Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. So the, uh, the authentic Trinity is father, mother, child, uh, the Roman Church adopted that, made it a divinely masculine Trinity. Ladies, listen up. Uh, you're in the Trinity, too, in the form of Mary Magdalene with the story of Jesus. Um, so the divine feminine is super, super important. Uh, divine feminine, divine masculine, um, fully aware that we are God, fully aware that we are one, fully aware that our father, our mother love us, um, that as we have the illusion of separation here, that illusion will be broken at some point. So here, correctly in the 3D, we say that we are under God. We are children of God. That third is the child. But put together, we are literally the family. We are one. We are one unit. We are one being, one entity. Um, and so that's where um, that's where that really comes from. So um, Randy says, yoking to a small G God is evil. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yoking to a small G God, there's tons and tons of small G gods, uh, little G gods. Um, however, they are all manifestations of, uh, the divine. So Randy, by that statement, yoking to your wife is eagle is evil because she is a little G God. You are a little G God. Now there are different manifestations of those that have different personalities, different powers. Ye are gods, right? Um, that's even in the scripture as well. So uh, I'm just reminding you, just reminding you all of, of what is, okay? Not, not just my interpretation of this. I'm just, this is what's in the scriptures. So, um, you know, you can believe whatever you want. Uh, but beyond that, like, you have to look back further to understand what's going on. Um, if you took down every piece of the construct, every piece of doctrine and dogma today, how could you know the truth? And that's what I look for in truth. If there was no religion, there was no construct, and it's just you, you're born, you live in a field, you, you live to 80 years old, and you never heard this doctrine of Jesus as Savior, or God is this, or whatever, the, all of these theologically correct things, which, by the way, wear me out. Because I've been so deep in them for so long in my life, I just have no no use for them anymore. I'm sorry, but I don't think God says, oh, screw you. You lived in a field and you never heard the right doctrine. You never got in line with the right Bible church or you never got in line with the right religion or the right lifestyle. No, 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 no. Because the person that lives in a field and loves and respects all the animals and creatures that give it life ultimately are going to see the divine because their third eye is going to be open. They're going to know the truth. They're going to understand that they are the child of God. Uh, they are the child of the source that comes through the fire that cooks their food, comes through the sun that grows their crops. This is an ancient, an ancient primal place of worship and understanding. And if we can't get back to that, all we're going to keep doing is trading this beautiful pearl of wisdom and experiential uh, life of the divine. 
We're going to keep trading that for ashes. The ashes of doctrine, dogma, churchianity, religiosity, and all of the BS or belief systems that we continue to cycle through our lives, which we feel are meaningless because we keep putting these constructs on them that show us how meaningless we are and how to look outside of ourselves at something else when the ultimate reality is within you and me. Uh, soul is in you, uh, higher power within all. Please explain how. Uh, yoga is a system of methods for re reuniting the soul with the spirit. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Larry. That's a great, great point. So soul and spirit are different. Soul is more like source energy. It's more like direct connection to source or supreme being. Spirit is um, more of a frequency and a vibration, if you will. Um, the Hebrew calls it the ruach, the wind. Um, it can literally be interpreted as the breath, by the way. So you can unite the breath with the source energy within you. And immediately I just came into agreement with my divine source within. And immediately there's a sense of calm. Immediately there's that Holy Spirit feeling, that prana feeling, that reaction within my body. Immediately I'm, I can go up here and I can be a whole lot more on point with what's going on here and understand the energies of the room. Spirit is alignment. Um, yeah, Lazy Mama. What's up? Welcome back, Lazy Mama, by the way. Uh, Samadhi. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Larry. Um, Jason said, I felt that. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all that are in the room right now, you felt that. Randy, you felt that. Larry, you felt that. Lazy Mama felt that. Jason felt that. Um, it's a moment, guys. It's a moment. In heaven and eternity, we're in that moment right there. And that's what we're missing. We keep trading that for a belief system. And I'm telling you guys, the metaphysics is not a belief system, it's a practice. And that's where I find, you guys wanna know where all this comes from? Straight from source through those practices. That's where it comes from. Um, let's find another good one here. Um, perfect. Divine, I mean, guys, come on, serendipity. What are the supreme spirit, spirit, and the individual soul? Let's talk about that. There are two entities in the cosmos, the changeable or temporal divine beings and the unchangeable eternal being or Brahman. All created beings are subject to change, but the eternal being does not change. There is another supreme personality of the Godhead called the absolute reality who sustains both the temporal and the eternal by pervading all three planetary spheres as the eternal Lord because I am beyond both the temporal and the eternal therefore I am known in this world and in the Veda as the supreme being para Brahman the absolute truth the Sat, the Super Soul, etc. The wise who truly understand me as the Supreme Being know everything and worship me wholeheartedly. So guys, when Jesus talks about going straight to God, straight to Source, straight to the Father, um, what does that even mean? Because that's what this is talking about, knowing him as the Supreme Being, straight to Source. Uh, that's where the wisdom is. Now, there's, depending on your karmic imprint, your incarnation, people are going to worship different, different ones. They're going to worship the different, the temporal ones, the ones that are more manifest, that are coming from source, but they have their own personalities, their own egos, that type of thing. Um, and that's a really, really interesting way to look at it. So uh, Lazy Mama says, I'm interested in understanding alignment because I want to understand intentional manifestation. Uh, one of the things I teach in my course, by the way, is that like manifesting is um, it's something that people want to learn first, and it's probably the thing that we should learn last, if that makes sense. Um, if we don't understand the Supreme Being, we don't understand the Super Soul, we don't understand our place in it, our 
unique oneness as the singular child of divine, then we are going to manifest things that ultimately may not be good for us. I've done that, by the way. Now, I've learned from everything, but I've literally manifest things in my life that I had to lose later on that ultimately hurt. Did I learn a great lesson? Yeah, absolutely. But manifesting is kind of like this power that people want when they don't even understand where it comes from. And, and we can easily say, oh, it comes from source. But ultimately, we need to understand the deeper metaphysical practices first, wield absolute authority over our own thoughts, our own emotions, our own actions, and our spiritual energies before we begin to try to co-create anything in this. Because everything we experience, you've been manifest, the secret to manifesting, you're already doing it. The secret to manifesting is I'm already doing it. The secret to manifesting is I am where I want to be in life right now. And the reason I'm where I am right now is because somehow I created that, somehow I wanted that, somehow I thought I needed that. And the more I learn, the less I know, and the more I realize I need direct connection to source because I don't want to manifest anything that makes my life harder, messes things up, hurts anyone. We just don't understand that we are always, from the day we enter this world, from the day we receive a personality, the day we receive life, we are manifesting. We're manifesting everything we experience. Uh, perhaps why I look at examples of other lives, I believe we are always, um, I believe we are. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when we can walk into a church and worship our God, uh, then man-made constructs won't bind us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So from the day born, um, we have life in us, obviously. Now there are, uh, the Hindu tradition has a certain amount of days when the soul is reincarnated, like the actual uh, intellect of the past life is reincarnated within the new karmic imprint, the new zodiac sign, the new timeline. Um, and I don't understand all of that completely, but I know there's a certain amount of days. Some people argue and they say it's seven days. Some people say it's seven hours. Some people say it's 40 days. I've heard it as late as seven years before there's really a deep personality. Now, a lot of people can argue that if you have kids and you say, no, 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 my kid had personality from day one. Um, but if you look like at the story of Noah in the book of Enoch, um, the book of Noah within the book of Enoch, it talks about how he's speaking with the Lord um, upon his birth. Like literally he's right out of the birth canal. He's laughing. He's speaking. Um, he opens his eyes and shoots beams of light around the home. Like it's this crazy, crazy story. Um, but at the end of the day, it's almost like he was immediately incarnate as to what he was supposed to be. Whereas others kind of have to go through the life, uh, struggle to just even survive those, those early days of life before a soul is imbued back into it. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Certainly no way to prove any of that. But there's a lot of Vedic sciences that talk about it. And the Bhagavad Gita will do a number of things. It will confuse you. It will challenge you. It will enlighten you. And it will make you want to read it over and over and over and over to try and understand everything that's going on within it. And then you're going to read the words of Jesus again and go, wait a minute. Hmm, this is oddly similar. Um, let's see. I remember manifesting a bike I envisioned. I was probably 11. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like... And I think if we if we realize like so many of the things we have in our life is because we visualize them. One of the things like I, you know, I have a vision board, I write stuff down, I journal. Um, and I, I realize that like I don't have the house or the studio that I want yet because I haven't seen it. I haven't I haven't taken the time to manifest it in my head because I haven't been I have not been concrete on where I want to settle yet. Do I want to settle here in my hometown? Do I want to try to move up to the mountains? Do I want to go down to the ocean? Like, I don't know. My wife is going to dictate a lot of that too. But it's been, we haven't like been in full agreement on that. And so like we're where we are right now um, as a means to, you know, we've throttled back. We're trying to save money. We're trying to build this thing that we're doing. Um, but a lot of that, again, is because I agreed, hey, let's deconstruct everything, and I just want to step into my life's work. That's the most important thing in this timeline. As it becomes more important to me to build a studio space, to maybe hire a little bit of help, to um, maybe start my own yoga studio chain, those type of things, 
that manifestation is going to dictate a lot of how, where, when, and why things unfold. But I haven't even fully come into agreement with it yet. I have big vision, and that's great, but it is abstract right now. As we move through this year, it is the the clouds are kind of clearing, the planets are aligning as we just had, um, and I'm really coming more into vibration with what I really want with this, where I really want to be, what that highest reality is, what my vision is for that, and honestly, my feeling is for that because my feeling of having that safety, having that unity, having that love, and having that um, that type of space and the view and everything that I want, and even the culture around me to be able to get the types of food that I want and need, um, all of those things become important. Family is also a factor in that. So ultimately, I have a big lack of what I would call concrete stability right now. Now, I know because of the law of creation, because um, I'm connected to source and because I know that there is a rule right now that I'm always going to be taken care of. I'm always going to have enough. My bills are always going to be paid. Our community is always going to be growing. I know because I've stepped into my divine work fully that that's absolutely going to happen. But I don't have that huge like um, boom in, in the growth and like moving forward, being able to buy a new house and all the things that I know are coming uh, that are going to make my job easier with this, that are going to give me you know, a dog sitter and all the things that I want to do and really just begin expanding this, having um, more local event type things. All of those are coming. But again, I haven't fully like, it's kind of like now I'm like vibrating out here and I'm, I'm building energy in the middle. Yeah, absolutely, Yvonne, clear intention. And that intention becomes more clarified and it's going to vibrate more into this concrete. Now it's going to be 3D. So I got to lower the vibration right now. I'm vibrating high, and it, when you're when you're in high vibration, this is something they don't tell you. When you're in high vibration, you will not see a whole lot of three dimensional manifestations of your high vibration self because you're building this huge energy. And then when you slow down and you come back into grounding into three dimensional, that's important too, guys. Not just to be up here and vibrating at five D all the time. Coming back into your three D alignment grounding and then boom you see that manifestation you see that timeline you see that new money you see the new house you see the new girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse or whatever that is because you come into agreement with it you set clear intentions and you stopped to receive because ultimately high vibration is more of a father source divine masculine type thing The feminine type thing is uh, the divine feminine, and I'm not talking about gender roles. I'm talking about spiritual energy. The divine feminine is that slow down, wait, be open, receive, and watch it birth into the three-dimensional. It's That's literally we're supposed to be interacting as these cosmic waves in and out, in and out of 3D. And that's what a lot of this metaphysics is talking about. I'm going to get more into this this afternoon. We'll talk more about Jesus. We'll get into some Moses stuff. We're going to talk more about the Bhagavad Gita. And I'll continue the Yoga of Jesus series. I'm going to do this for probably a few episodes. Really kind of hit on this because it's stuff I know and I feel. And I can just be really authentic with it. Before we jump into like another series where we're reading a specific document. So anyway, I love you guys. I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, last year I got a free house. Lazy mama says that is awesome. Yes. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about guys. I know that stuff's coming for me. I know things like that are coming for you, but again, it's all about these cycles. You look into Shiva energy. We'll look into that this afternoon too. Uh, Jesus had a whole lot of like Shiva energy, I think too, especially in the book of revelation. Um, and it's, to me, it's just like he had all of these different understandings and really combined them into this one Here's how you do it faster. Here's how you do it better. Here's how you really love people in this world. And here's how you come into agreement with your divine. Um, And so we'll get deeper into that. Um, By the way, I don't know. I'm not a yogi or a guru per se. Um, I I think of myself as one for my own personal reasons. But um, because ultimately learning from myself is the best thing I can do. Um, But with that said, I do have a course available if you want to take a the type of spiritual course spiritual training that combines metaphysics yoga mindset meditation 
abundance mindset, um, and ultimately going directly to source to develop your own spiritual practices, find your own spiritual giftings, and really just come into agreement with your divine qualities within um, and be a spiritual practitioner either professionally or personally, then go check out Charisma Light Warrior Academy. It's how I can do this every single day. Um, if you guys join today, I will be able to uh, dump even more videos into it this weekend, which I'm doing anyway, but um, I've got about 40 new videos coming to it, so I'm really excited to release those into that ecosystem. Um, I'm constantly tweaking and evolving how that works. It's a beautiful ecosystem that's ever-growing, ever-changing, and evergreen. It's timeless. Um, and the sooner you get in, the sooner you can start going through everything with me um, on a daily basis. Through all the video work at your own pace, there's also activating challenges. It's a great way to just go down the rabbit hole with me. So Charisma Light Warrior Academy over on my website, www.cubcooker.com. That goes to directly support the content we're creating here. So thank you guys. Uh, do you see synchronicity? I do everywhere. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, numbers on the clocks, different things. Uh, hi, this is Abel. He's going to come and tell me. It's time. It's time to feed me, Daddy. I know. Yeah, this is Abel. He's got to. He's got to join. You guys hear him in the background, and I'll lift the door open today. So, uh, Jimmy says, "I love your videos. Nice dog. Thank you very much." He's nice when he's not hungry. When he's hungry, he's he bugs me, and he says, "No, Daddy, get off your podcast." I know. So, anyway, and this is Marvell too. So here's the other one, um, and then Zelda's sitting in the hall looking at me. So anyway, I'm being coaxed out of my chair here thank you guys for the support i'll see you this afternoon um truth of travel says look at that big baby yeah absolutely so thank you guys i love you uh link is in my profile everywhere stars help on facebook um the super chats and super thanks help on youtube and the one-time gifts help on the podcast by the way we're on all the podcast audio platforms so go check it out over there quantum christ says watching your older videos the one on job is fascinating picking up the uh nog bible peace awesome yeah yeah it's really interesting names of god bible uh world english bible and then the Berian study bible um all kind of mixed have more of the authentic names of which god is talking so um and then ultimately i use like bible hub to look at the original greek or hebrew to try and understand what it's talking about. I know I'm scratching your ears. So, oh, and there it is, all the jowls. Anyway, love you guys. I'm being told it's time to jump off. So y'all have a beautiful afternoon and I'll see you later today. Love you guys. Peace. <laughs>